God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? This is the question from Jesus' disciple, the very line before the text from this gospel reading. This is the question that inspires Jesus' answer in our text from the Gospel of John. And this reading that I just read, it focuses on the answer, but I want to sit for a little bit in that question, that all-too-human impulse embedded within the question. How is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? So much of the peril of religious self-righteousness, or any self-righteousness for that matter, stems from that impulse behind this question. The impulse to set ourselves apart from the rest, to know that we are special, that we are good, that we are righteous, to separate our goodness and our faithfulness and our chosenness apart from the outside world. How will you reveal yourself to us, Jesus' disciple asked, and not to the world? To understand this question a bit better, let's first set it in the context of the Gospel of John, of when the Gospel of John was written. I'm going to get a little geeky for a second, so just bear with me. I love this stuff. The Gospel of John was likely written in the Roman city of Ephesus in present-day Turkey, around 80 to 90 CE. And it was written by a community wrestling with their own identity as followers of Jesus. It was a time of undeniable uncertainty and violence. The Temple of Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 CE, and the Jewish community was being violently targeted throughout the Roman Empire. There was pronounced tension between the followers of Jesus and the larger Jewish community, of which they had been a part. Jesus' early followers were trying to make, a, make sense of their identity in a time when their temple was gone and they were no longer welcome even in their own synagogues. Ephesus at that time was in the process of becoming an empire boom town, second only in prominence to Rome itself. And its own pagan religion It is devoted, it was devoted to the goddess Artemis. It was slowly being subverted by the empire. The cityscape, if you can imagine it, it's a cityscape full of idols, and and I've actually been to these ruins, and it's amazing to walk through. You've just icons everywhere, or or, um, busts everywhere, of Roman and Greek gods and goddesses. And even that was slowly being subverted by the empire. The cityscape had been shaped by that pagan religion. The map of the city roads actually follows an ancient processional, originally to the goddess Cybele, and then later to the goddess Artemis. So religion had really shaped the whole city. But now even these roads were shifting with the construction of imperial buildings. The magnificent Artemis temple 
which is one, it was one of the seven wonders of the world. It was crumbling and losing prominence. These were uncertain times for everyone, and that uncertainty had a material impact on where and how the followers of Jesus in Ephesus could move through their city. It must have felt like the cityscape was changing under their very feet. One can imagine this impulse to pull away from the world, to retreat into the safety of their own community, into a place apart from the city around them. That impulse would have been strong. So now, with this perspective of the writers of this gospel story, hear again Jesus' reply. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come and make a home with them. Then, the Holy Spirit, with whom the the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. To a people of uncertain times in need of a home, these words would have been a powerful balm. Love me and I will make a home with you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Notice how Jesus subtly refuses to cater to the human desire for certainty and separation. Instead, he flips the whole premise of the question. How will you reveal yourself to us and not to the world? My peace I give to you. Where there's disciples, and likely the gospel writers, want an answer that reveals a new home in the world, a new temple, a new place apart, the kind of Jerusalem we envision in our reading from Revelation, also written around this time. Jesus refuses. He doesn't give them the promise of a new temple hidden away in the world where he will reveal his glory to his followers. Instead, the peace that Jesus reveals to the world is through the peace inside those who try to live out the good news of his teachings. Jesus gives his disciples the mantle of his ministry to embody the peace within themselves in their lives, the peace that he embodied in his. And then, knowing that this is a bold charge, he tells them that the Holy Spirit, this mysterious third part of our triune God, will be there to guide to teach, to remind them of his teachings. Do you see this? My peace I give to you. It's a radical reminder that the peace of Christ already exists inside us. What we have to do is cultivate it. And it is in that mystical alchemy between Christ's peace within us and the guidance of the Holy Spirit leading us that we find a spiritual home. Yet I will admit, as I've been thinking about this idea of finding the peace within me, and I've been thinking about those earlier fo- early followers of Jesus in the city of Ephesus, something keeps bothering me. It all seems too trite. The peace of Christ is within us. Okay. Is that enough to provide a spiritual home in times of uncertainty and violence? I think then about our metropolitan city of Richmond. We too are part of an empire that some of us might feel increasingly frustrated with. 
We are a city, too, in a time of an economic boom for some, a time of rapid change and gentrification and development in our city. We live in a time of gun violence. A child was killed over the weekend. Children are killed all the time in our city. We are also a city with the, highest the second highest eviction rate in the country. There are people who I imagine feel very much like those Ephesian Christ followers who wrote the book of John, like the city itself is changing under their very feet, like they don't have a home. What does this scripture offer them? I admit I don't, I don't have a firm answer, but I keep coming back to this idea that the peace of Christ is in our very bodies. It's not some metaphorical abstract. If our bodies, our physical bodies, hold the peace within us, our lives then trace a very real landscape. We live our lives on a cityscape. Our lives shape the cities around us. For most of us in this room right now, that landscape, that cityscape, is metropolitan Richmond. What if Jesus is saying in this gospel that through the peace we cultivate within ourselves, we can create a city full of the peace of Christ, the love of God, and the power of the Holy Spirit right here in metropolitan Richmond? What would that city look like? Would our river running through our city offer living water for all people? And I will admit, I'm, I'm new here. I moved here a year ago. And I feel like I've gotten a glimpse of the potential for a vision of that kind of city during a few community organizing events that I've been to in the past year, where people of faith have gathered to learn about and organize around issues facing our community. Everything from the eviction crisis to the foster system, to the way development impacts and occurs in our community. It turns out when people tap into that peace within, when we give it to our community and begin to envision a new future, the Holy Spirit shows up to guide us. Where does the peace within you lead? Here in metropolitan Richmond. And what would it look like to give your peace to those around you? to this city. This is what the resurrection of Jesus could be. The peace in you flowing into those around you, guided by the Holy Spirit, creating a city of justice and love right here in metropolitan Richmond. How is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world, they asked. In Jesus' answer, we see the false dichotomy of this question. The hope, the spirit, the resurrection of Jesus is revealed to the world and to the metropolitan city of Richmond, Virginia, through the peace inside all of us. May it be so. Amen.